barista at Starbucks. Um, I'm in school and I also own my own business as a personal trainer. Um, I started my personal training business a year ago in April. <laughs> um, and uh, growing up, I played volleyball and softball. Softball was my main passion um, from the time I was nine till I graduated. Um, no matter the time of year, winter, summer, you could find me playing softball. Um, but something that I loved more than softball was working out, um, which is why I pursued being a personal trainer. Um, growing up in a Christian home, faith was always super important to me. Um, going to church on Sundays, Wednesday nights, and whatever other day of the week we had something going on. Um, I was there. It was non-negotiable. It was just something that we did as a family. Um, and as I got older, I started to realize that I had to start making my faith my own. Um, and it sounds cliche. Everyone says that you have to find your own faith and you can't have your parents' faith. But it really is true. Um, and in the last 12 months, I feel like 12 to 18 months, I've really dove into that. Um, and there have definitely been times, um, seasons where I have been growing and thriving. Other seasons where I haven't really felt God at all. And then seasons where I was making decisions that pulled me away from the Lord. Um, but through all of that, um, one of the things that I've learned is the importance of health. Um, and not just physical health, but a well-rounded, multifaceted, healthy lifestyle. Um, and that's what I'm going to be sharing with you guys tonight. So to start it off, we have our spiritual health. Um, this is the foundation of our health as a Christian. Without this one, everything in our life is going to be out of whack. We have our mental and our physical health. But unless we're grounded in who the Lord says we are and our relationship with him is steady and consistent, we're going to feel lost and like we are missing something. Um, something that you can think of this to put in comparison to your body is these are all different muscles that we have to be working on. So like I said, we have our spiritual, our physical, and our mental health. Um, and just like when you go to the gym to work on your muscles, to get stronger, to get faster, whatever it is, you have to be continually working on these things to grow a stronger relationship with the Lord. Um, the first way that we can work on our spiritual health is by prayer. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 through 18, it says, Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstance, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Who here has a hard time praying once a week? Raise your hands. What about once a day? A little bit harder of a task, right? Well, in this verse, it talks about praying without ceasing. That means praying without stopping, okay? And yes, I know we all have busy lives. We all have things to do, school to go to, jobs um, that we have to do. And it's not saying that we have to pray 24-7. It's saying that God wants that constant communication with us. It doesn't have to be out loud, but whether you're at work, at, um, at school, on the field, um, just at your house, simply giving thanks throughout your day, addressing that he's there with you. That's the kind of constant communication that he wants to have with us. In the second part of this verse, it says, give thanks in all circumstances. Um, I know there's people in this room who have been through horrific situations, things that you guys, um, that I can't even imagine going through, that you guys have gone through that you probably can't imagine um, giving thanks for these things. Maybe it's you have a bully at school 
that you go to school every single day dreading what they're gonna say to you. Maybe you lost a loved one that's super close to you. Or maybe it's that mental illness that you've been dealing with alone every single day. God isn't asking you to thank him for the depression that you suffer, or thank him for the bully that's in your life, or thank him for the lost one that you loved. But he's asking you to thank him for the strength that he gives you to get through the day, um, for thanks to get through, or for the time that you've had with that person, and to give thanks for the circumstances for him and his strength and the love that he gives you. The second way um, that we can grow our faith um, is through community. The definition of community is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attributes, interests, and goals. So like I said, throughout high school I played um, softball and volleyball. Um, and in high school I never had a super close group of friends. I um, had teammates that I played with, um, that I had relationships with, but it wasn't, they were never people that I really did life with. I would never go to those people and tell them my deepest, darkest secrets or anything I was struggling with. Um, at youth group, I didn't really have anyone super close to me, um, but it's something that I really wanted. And going into college after graduating high school, it was again something that I never really found. Coming back home after my first semester of college, um, I just started praying that the Lord would bring people into my life that would be that community for me. Um, and looking back, the Lord brought me um, multiple women that have spoken into my life that are now that community for me, um, that have given me the strength to push through hard times, who have been there to pray for me, to comfort me, and to just do life um, right beside me. So I encourage you, as you're looking around in this room, whether it's the person sitting next to you or the people that you're doing your groups with, I'm not saying that you have to be best friends with these people. I'm not saying that you have to hang out with them every single day. But it says that um, in James 5.16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The power of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So in the definition of community, it says that those people that you share common attributes with. So we all have a common goal or common attribute is that we love the Lord and we want to pursue him, right? So this is our community. So what we should want as a youth group is to develop that community and to be able to be the people that we comfort each other, that we confess our sins to, and that we can pray to one another and we have that power um, to heal each other just through that simple um, confessing of the sins and being there for one another. The next part of our spiritual health is seeking discernment. Um, discernment is the ability to judge well. So obviously we're all bombarded with what the world has to say about <clears throat> different truths in our life, what they have to say about our bodies, what they have to say um, about secular subjects, um, but where we should be getting our truth is from the Lord. In Romans 12:2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So as you guys are going through high school, you guys are going to have friends, teachers, social media, the news, influencing everything you guys believe, all the truths that you hold to your, 
hold close to your heart and how you live your lives. So as you're trying to make those big decisions about where you're gonna go to college, what job you're gonna pursue, who you're gonna date, when we start pulling our truth from the world, our will and the will that the Lord has for our lives starts to go off path. But when we center our truth on what the Lord has for our lives and what his word says, we are now getting that good and perfect and acceptable will. And I don't know about you guys, but I'd much rather know that my will is on track and perfect because I'm pursuing him and what he has for me rather than what I'm doing trying to figure it all out on my own. So the next part of our health is our physical health. Um, obviously, as a personal trainer and former athlete, this has always been super important to me. Um, I've always loved working out, um, but for a long time, it was for a lot of the wrong reasons. I went to the gym so that I could get the body that I wanted, I could get the compliments I wanted, the attention that I wanted, because of the body that I was making. Um, obviously, as an athlete, we have a spotlight on our bodies, the way that we perform, but it's not just us athletes that have that as well, right? Social media brings that up front and puts a, um, a microscope on it. Every picture we post, um, every picture that we take, anything we say, comment, it's out for the world to see, our friends to see. But one thing that social media influencers or anyone that you guys follow or watch TV shows, this is all fake. Right, the, the pictures that they're posting, it's all fake, the filters, the poses, and the lighting, it's not real. But when we see it, that's something that we start to strive for. We're striving for the approval of others and striving to have that perfect body that we've seen on the internet. No need to raise your hands, but think about this for a sec. How many of us go and work out or try to eat healthier or simply eat less food just so we get the body we want for the approval of man or woman. It is easy to get sucked into the social media and the culture that our world has created. It makes us hate the bodies we have and it makes us compare ourselves to those who have those fake profiles and tear ourselves down. But what does the Lord say about our bodies? It says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are his workmanship and that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So why do we have such a hard time believing this? Why does this seem just like words in the Bible that doesn't apply to our lives? Why do we think, why does it say we're fearfully and wonderfully made, but we tell ourselves we're fearful and less than? Why do we, why does it say we're his workmanship and we tell ourselves that we are not worthy and we are ugly? Why don't we look at the flowers, the animals, the trees, and say, oh, God, you messed up on that one. That's inadequate. That's not right. Why don't we think about creation in that way when we talk about ourselves that way? There's no, there is a difference, and it's we're made different. The Lord did not create animals to have a relationship with. He did not create them to bring him glory. He created us, it says in Genesis 1.27, that we're made in his image, the image of God. So think about that. The God that created the entire world chose us to be the creation that brings him glory, that is made in his image. The God who created everything, every cell, every strand of DNA, every hair on your head, he created and picked out. So why can't we believe this? Why can we not be secure in who we are? 
who we were designed to be. Sin, right? Adam chose to disobey God and ate the fruit in the Garden of Eden. He let the devil confuse him, and he chose that truth over the truth that the Lord had promised him. This allowed, this poor decision by Adam ruined the perfect relationship that we had with our Creator. It now caused the separation. It allowed the devil to use our, it now allows the devil to use our insecurities to tear us down the beautiful creation that God made us to be. He does this by comparison. And in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So instead of living our lives for the approval of God, we start to compare everything we do to other people. How other people look, how other people are living their lives. And this starts to allow the devil to change the trajectory, the destiny, and the will of our lives. I know that sounds intense, but if you think about it, when you guys go to school, you put on that outfit, or you have a bad game, now your body image is changing, you're trying to put on this facade that you have joy, that you're happy, but we're not stepping out in our faith and doing the will that the, that the Lord has created and laid out for us. We're not written in what the Lord says, and this starts to define our mood and how we interact with others around us. It steals our happiness, and we can't live out the joy-filled lives that we are called to as Christians. So you guys might be wondering, what does this have to do with our physical health? Well, who here likes to work out? Raise of hands. Okay, a couple of us. Obviously, I do or I wouldn't have chosen the job that I did. But the Bible says in 1 Timothy 4.8, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So, it's, so the Lord says he wants us to work out, right? Okay, perfect. Moving on. No, it's not that easy, right? We love when we look good. We love when we get complimented for how we look. We love when we start to feel healthy. No one likes to look bad, but what we start to mess up is when we have that imbalance of putting our physical health above our spiritual health and our relationship with the Lord. And this is when um, we start to put our vanity and um, the value of our bodies above the value of godliness in our lives. So back to 1 Corinthians where it says, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Back in Bible times, the temple was a sacred place where only godly representatives could go in and be in communication with the Lord. So only a few people could go in, they would talk to the Lord, they'd come back out, um, and there was no relationship that each one of us can have like there um, is today. So it was a sacred place. But when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, the veil was torn and that, um, that division was ended. So now we get the opportunity and the privilege to have the Holy Spirit in our bodies each and every day to communicate with. So it says that our bodies are the temple. It's a sacred place that the Lord has blessed us with. And this is why we should take care of ourselves and why we do need to be physically active and why we do need to be healthy but we can't put it above our spiritual health. And my last 
um, a part of the health puzzle is our mental health. So these statistics are from the CDC. Um, it says one in five Gen Z high school students have seriously considered suicide. Okay, so that means if there are 75 high school students in this room right now, um, 15 students have considered committing suicide. Okay, and the other stat is 61% of Gen Z's report feeling nervous, anxious, or on edge over the past two weeks. Now that means that 45 out of these 75 kids have felt anxiety in some form in their life. And these statistics sound crazy, they sound super high, but I have seen this true in lives of family members, friends, coworkers, teammates, um, and unfortunately I've seen it true in my own life. Um, back in August of this past year, I was training and got a concussion. Um, this wasn't the first concussion that I had had, maybe third, fourth, um, and so as you get more concussions, the, sympt the symptoms start to get worse. So fourth concussion comes in August, and I have migraines every day. There was days where I couldn't get out of bed. Light was bothering me to even um, leave my bedroom. Um, loud noises, you name it, I had all the concussion symptoms. Um, so I thought, okay, a couple weeks I'll take off of work, won't be an issue, in a couple weeks I'll be back to normal. Well, August goes by, still has, still have migraines. September goes by, October goes by, November goes by, and I still have these migraines almost every day. Um, and looking back, it might have been more from the migraines and the concussion that caused this. So December rolls around, and Alice came and gave a talk. How many of you guys remember Allison coming and talking about healing? Okay, so Alice, um, I have worked with her in the past, and I didn't really know her at the time, but I knew that she um, had had the opportunity to pray over people, and there had been a lot of healings. So she started talking, and the first request was if there was anyone in the room that had been dealing with physical pain. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm a leader, I don't need to go up, I don't want to go up, whatever. Sit there for a little bit longer. And I just feel the Holy Spirit tugging on my heart, like, that's you, go up, like, you need prayer. And I had been refusing to go up for prayer on Sundays or anything like that. So, finally, stand up, come to the front, in front of some of you guys, and she starts praying over me. So, at the time, my pain was probably six, seven-ish. And she starts praying, goes down to about a five. Um, and as she keeps praying, she senses that the Holy Spirit needs, needs something more than just a physical healing. So she turns me away from you guys, and she starts talking to me. She's like, Avery, you need to surrender something. You need to let go. Is there someone in this room that you need to forgive? Is there someone in your life that you need to forgive? And I lost it started sobbing, and I just felt this weight lift off my shoulders. And we talked, she turned me back around, had a seat on my chair. And when I tell you that that pain went from a seven all the way down to a zero, and it stayed at a zero, from that night to now, I've had one migraine since then. And the biggest part that we talked about was the anxiety that I was feeling. Those concussions weren't just caused or the migraines weren't just caused from the concussion. 
They were caused by the anxiety that I was feeling. The anxiety that I would wake up with every single morning. As soon as my alarm would go off, my eyes would open, and a million thoughts would rush into my head of the things I had to do, the responsibilities that I had as a business owner, the relationships that I had to pour into. And it was overwhelming, and it manifested into these migraines that I didn't even know I was letting this anxiety take a hold of my life. And so I'm not telling you guys this story to say, oh, look at me, I'm healed, like my anxiety's gone, awesome. I'm telling you guys this to encourage you. To encourage you to surrender anything that you guys are holding on to, even if you think it's super small, God doesn't care about it, or whatever lie that the devil is telling you that's making you hold on to this thing. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your, your, your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. I encourage you to make your requests known. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. He wants you to fall to your knees and surrender it all. He wants you to give it to him. And he, more than anything, he wants to give you peace more than we can fathom. In Joshua 1.9, it says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. John 16, 24 says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that the joy, that your joy may be full. Not once does it say that you are anxious, you are depressed, you are fearful. Those are not your emotions to own. The Lord wants us to own the joy, the strength, and the peace that we are called to as Christians. So as I close out tonight, I want, you to, I want to encourage you that we are not called to do life on our own. We need community, we need the Lord, and we need the strength that he gives us. So surrender, surrender it all, and call out to him. Cole's going to come up here, um, and we're going to just, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, We just want to go into a, a short time of prayer here before a small group, an opportunity to reflect on the message. Maybe something hits you um, in one of those points, spiritual, physical, mental. Um, and if you want prayer, um, obviously your leaders are, are, are you know, around you. They're, they're ready to pray for you. The worship team is just going to play this last song. And um, Avery wants to be available to pray with you. If, if there's something specific that hits you, she'd love to, to pray in that moment. I'll be available to pray with you. My wife Jess will be available. We're going to stay up here towards the front. So we would just, we just want you guys to, to respond in your own way. Whatever you need to do to, to hear from God in this moment over this time before we head into small groups. So um, let me just pray us into this moment. Father God, I thank you so much for Avery. I thank you for the work that you put on her heart. The way that it's uh, begun to impact each and every one of us. We just pray, God, for this next um, bit of time that we're together. Uh, corporately and in small group, that you would you'd move and you touch each one of us, that we would experience your Holy Spirit and your healing um, 
no matter where we're at, whether we're doing good on this stuff right now or, or we're struggling in these moments, God, we believe that you're right here and you're right, ready to be present with us. We believe you're ready to take us a step further, um, no matter our journey, take us further to joy, to strength, and to peace. Um, so I just ask that you would do that here in this room right now. Um, 